So good to be with you guys this afternoon. It's going to be an awesome, awesome rest of the day. Can I... Oh, okay, wow. It's interesting. I don't always want to go into this, but can we start by doing the tithes and offerings? That would be awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. If you want to give... Sorry for such a harsh transition there. Imagine we've landed a plane and suddenly we're all departing the plane and we're going through that tunnel into the terminal now. So everyone's like, <laughs> who, who enjoys going through the terminals with your bags? No, no one. Okay, cool. <laughs> just kidding. Okay, so if you want to give one uh, online, details are there. If you want to give by credit card, just wave a hand in the air and someone will help you uh, give by credit card cash the buckets are coming down the aisle thank you so much for giving so generously as you always do awesome so so good who was here this morning i already asked that but more people entered the building so wasn't it amazing norm put his hand on me and told me something that only myself and the lord know and i was like wow now i know how it feels when i say something on occasion that only <laughs> i was like oh my goodness how do you know that my, I've got like these notes, like private notes on my phone. He was reading off those. Now, I was in the green room with him before, so he could have looked at my phone, but I don't think he did. I'm just kidding. So good. Okay, thank you so much, guys. Now, what have we got coming up? Awesome. Meet and greet is on Sunday, the 29th of July. 23rd, sorry. I'm sorry, Belle. I did promise that I would wear my glasses. I actually promised there before. So 23rd of July, 5 to 7 in the cafe. Please register online. Wish you had done these, but that's fine. Okay, next, what have we got? Baptisms, Sunday the 23rd of July. CPA or email for more details. So if you want to be baptized, we do it right here in the hole in the floor. So if you want to be dunked in this hole, there could be people still in there from last time, but I don't think there are. We ignore those emails. Oh, awesome. Okay. And Flashlight Youth. Is Kate here or is she in Moonta? She's here? I can't see anything, sorry. Um, I can see, but not very well. Is she here? No, people are pointing and waving. Okay, cool. She's not here. Flashlight Youth. If you want to send some kids to that, it will be awesome. Yes, great. Spirit-filled time. You see, I am gifted at announcements, aren't I? I'm, I'm like... I'm like I said to Belinda, do you want me to see him? She's like, nah. I'm like, okay, sure. Well, you're going to get real anointed announcements right now. So, so it's so good. Okay, cool. Anything else? No? Nothing else. Okay. Oh, well, no rules. Okay, all right. Okay. Um, Dan DeVal's book, Extreme Pray Prayers That Shake Heaven and Earth. Who's ever read this book? It's so deep. It's so intense. Read it. Enjoy it. Yes, that's about it. I think I endorsed this one. It was really, really intense. How many people were here? <laughs> How many people were here for Dan Deval's prayer at the end of the last session of the conference? Well, I'm telling you right now, I love prayer, and I've prayed with Todd for a long. I've prayed with Todd many, many, many times, and Todd can pray. He really can for a long periods of time. But when Dan was praying, I've never ever thought this in my entire life. But I was like, I was starting to see. I'm going to be open. I started to see Kentucky Fried Chicken drive-through, and I'm sitting there going, "Why am I looking at Kentucky drive-through?" Because he prayed for about, I reckon, 45 minutes to an hour, non-stop. It was amazing. We agreed, South Australia will never be the same, but it was intense. But it is really good. So please do avail yourself of that book. Awesome.
So good. Is everyone okay? You guys are, are you sure? I think we're going to be okay. Awesome. Good. Something's in the air tonight. What's that song? That was a bad. There's something in the atmosphere right now. Can you guys feel that? I'd love to just teach on just just reading and receiving from atmospheres. From this morning, there was something so powerful about what Norm McLeod brought. I met Norm when I was first in New Zealand. I wasn't even going to talk about this. I met Norm when I was first in New Zealand. And when I met him, I felt such a fathering over him. And I felt myself drawn into this place where he carries so much authority in the realm of the spirit. Did you guys, well, some of you guys did. Can you feel something different in the atmosphere today? It's because there's been a deposit from another father. Another father. And how many of you know that we are called to South Australia and New Zealand, a little bit, obviously. But he's an apostolic father from New Zealand. And there's this joining in the realm of the spirit between him or New Zealand and Australia. And we're in this amazing season right now where people are saying, I need to be at Field of Dreams. I need to come and see what you guys are doing. And it's really interesting because he said this morning that he was flying. He told me this morning as well that he was flying and he was flying at 717. And the Lord spoke to him and said, write 717 on your post. Did anyone hear that when he said that this morning? Well, he was talking specifically about a number that brings a realm of synergy in the realm of the spirit and connection. And I'm telling you right now that there is a connection between New Zealand and South Australia. Yes, Australia, but South Australia in this season. And he is calling leading apostles and fathers to come into this space. And, and Rachel was talking about fathering earlier. And it was so, that's so the, the, the feel of the season. And so I don't know where you're at right now. I wasn't even going to talk about this, but I don't know where you're at right now with fathering. But there is a real anointing to heal father wounds in the realm of the spirit. When I, when I met with Norm McLeod, I kind of retreated because I was like, oh, my goodness. Not retreated in a bad way, but we've all got our stuff. But I was like, oh, my goodness. He is carrying such a pure spirit of a father so we can be partakers of what he is carrying with regards to being an apostolic father in New Zealand. And how many of you know in the future, New Zealand and Australia are going to be married as nations in the realm of the spirit? They're going to literally be, there'll be a convergence in the realm of the spirit where angels from there work with angels from here. Seraphim that are engaged there will work with seraphim engaged here. That's what was happening this morning. And there's going to be a, an activation and a place of impartation, engaging, activation, and release with regards to what happens. And it's really, really important. I read a really cool thing this morning, um, and it was with regards to apostolic people. And he said, if you meet an apostle, don't expect to be invited for tea. Did anyone read this this morning? So, so cool. Don't expect to be invited for tea or coffee, but be expect to be charged and empowered to go to war. And I read that to Norm McLeod this morning. He was, oh, that's so right. And he engages lots of young men that he calls up into places where they actually have to go and take territory in the realm of the spirit in, in and through New Zealand. And that's something that God is doing with us here now, obviously, as we all know. And this is something that God is bringing us into, even more so in this season where he's going, actually, you know what? I want us to understand that it's not all about how you feel. I want to feel loved when I go to church. 
if you trigger on this message, it's okay. You're going to be okay. You can go out that door if you want so everyone can see. Uh, so <laughs> it's not about necessarily feeling loved. It's about feeling empowered to fulfill the thing you're supposed to empower. Uh, sorry, fulfill. And, and, and how many of you know that that's a reality? You know, the new season, the new era on earth right now, that people say, yeah, it's a new era. Well, the new era is apostles really running churches. And you're going, what do you, what do you mean? Apostles empower people to fulfill destiny. And if, you've, and if you have been in a place where you feel challenged and like, do I, do I don't feel loved? Well, you know what? Maybe an apostle's running the church you go to. Because you should feel empowered by what you hear to actually do the thing that you're supposed to do. And that's why I moved here. Myself and Belinda moved here many years ago. Not because we needed to feel loved in a church. We came here specifically because we wanted to fulfill the destiny God had for us. How many of you know that's important? It's a pregnant pause now. Okay, awesome. Okay, good. We're talking about pausing recently. Okay, good. All right. Great. Okay. Now, how is everyone going? Everyone excited? Shall I put the exhorter hat on quickly? You guys can feel that. Did you feel the shift? You guys feel the shift? That's an atmosphere shift. Because I put on a different, oh, put on a different, put on a different hat. Awesome. Okay. How many of you know this could be the best year you've ever had? Come on. Could it be or could it not be? How many people are ready to raise your expectation that it could be the best year you've ever had? Yes. Say this could be the best year I ever had. And I'm going to choose to believe it despite myself. <laughs> you can breathe into that if you want. So, so good. Listen, I want to talk to you uh, this afternoon just quickly about government. Yesterday I had some uh, crazy stuff happen to me. So can we put up the first scripture? I left my phone in my car. So can we put the first scripture up uh, from uh, John chapter 6? I just don't know the verse. So. Okay, awesome. Okay, so... Someone could have spoken about this recently. So let's read this together uh, from John chapter 6, and then I will get into what I believe the Lord is saying in this season. One of his disciples, let's read it, Andrew, Simon, Peter's brother, said to him, there is a lad here who has and two fish, but what are these for so many people? Yep. Jesus said, excuse me, have the people sit down, now, there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number about 5,000. Jesus then took the loaves and having given... Hold on, let me just... I know I'm not good at leading the, the, the reading, but let me tell you this right now. We need, to, we need to lift the atmosphere in here. We need to lift the frequency. Because it's like, do you read the Bible like that at home? I'm going to go. We need a level of excitement engaging in the Word of God. Okay, so now I'm going to ask everyone. I do singing lessons with, with Kayla, and she always says, you need to lift it up, up. Like, so I, we, everyone needs to just come up a tiny bit. Okay, so, when, so we're going to say, start again. So Jesus took the loaves. There we go. That's better. And having given thanks, he distributed in, the, in those who were seated. <laughs> okay. <laughs> keep singing. Keep singing. Keep singing. When they were filled, he said to his disciples, gather up so that nothing will be lost. Keep going. So they gathered them up and filled 12 baskets with fragments from the five barley loaves, which were left over by those who had eaten. Keep going. 
Therefore, when the people saw the sign which he had performed, they said, this is truly the prophet who was to come into the world. Very cool. Okay, cool. Thank you. I know that I was misreading, but it's okay. We'll, we'll get over that. So, so this is really, really interesting. How many, how many baskets were left over? Twelve. What does twelve represent? Government. Yesterday, I had a really annoying day with God. How many people have ever had an annoying day with God? God spoke to me over and over and over about a number all through the day. So much so that I was on the phone with Todd, and I was like, this is doing my head in. It's just too many times. And he kept on giving me the number 24, over and over, to the point that I'd be in the car and the Holy Spirit would literally be turning my head to the temperature the car had been put to, which is 24, and so obviously the most important temperature in the world. And so, and so I kept on seeing the number 24. What was yesterday's date? 24th. So I was like, what is it about 24? And then the Lord said to me, yes, Daryl, what is it about 24? And you know that when he says that, you've got to actually read the Bible. And I was like, okay, let's, get, let's go for it. And he was speaking to me specifically about double government or 12, which is the fullness of government. Everyone say the fullness of government. So let's put up Psalm 24. And we're going to read this together from verse 1. This is Psalm 24. We're talking about fullness of government. And it says this, The earth is the Lord's and all it contains, the world and those who dwell in it. He has founded it upon the seas and established it on the rivers. Just pause there for a second. Who's been talking about this scripture specifically? The, the, the father of the house? I mean, for the last few weeks, have you been here? Who's been talking about this? Todd? Okay. You needed some help there. He's been constantly referring to this passage. Why? Because he's talking about who owns the earth. He's been doing it in conjunction with the voice and welcome to country stuff. I'm not going to talk about that now. But he's saying that the earth is the Lord's and those who dwell therein. This is really, really important. And so, he, For he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the rivers. Next, next verse. Let's read it together. Who may ascend the holy, the, into the hill sorry, of the Lord? He who may... I'm not reading well. He who has clean hands and a pure heart who has not lifted up its soul to falsehood and nor swindled. Amen. He shall receive a blessing from the Lord and righteousness for the... the... Okay, right. So, what does, it, what does this mean? So, who can ascend the holy hill of the Lord? Who can stand in his holy place? What psalm is this? What was the Lord talking to me about? 24. Saying yesterday, 24, fullness of government. When we moved into COVID, there was one thing that God spoke to me specifically, and it was constantly Psalm 24, Psalm 24, Psalm 24. He was always talking to me about Psalm 24, which is about ascension. It's about ascension. So the Lord was speaking to me specifically about this is how you ascend into the holy place. You have clean hands and a pure heart. But he started to speak to me, and he's been talking to a lot of us about this, but he spoke to me specifically about governing. And he said, you can only govern from a place of ascension. You can't govern on the earth. You can't govern from down here. Okay, everyone, I'm going to govern you all. No, no, no. You have to actually govern from heavenly places and spaces. And Todd was talking about that over the last little while, about how we govern from places 
where we understand or govern from the revelation that we are seated with Christ in heavenly places and that's where we are designed to dwell, where we are designed to abide from heavenly places and spaces and we govern from that space. Now what's really interesting is that in this whole concept of governing, we understand then that we are called specifically to govern and release the kingdom of heaven through our world, release it onto earth, and then have heaven established in our world or in, on the earth according to what we are administrating. Does that make sense to everybody? So we have to govern what is released from heaven through our world and then build it or partner with it, mirror it, other people have different words, but I say mirroring. We have to mirror what heaven's doing. And when we mirror what heaven's doing, we see it released and build, built sorry, on the earth according to what we've heard and what we administrate. And this is really, really important because we need to, first of all, understand that we are receiving something from heaven as governors of the earth. So we are governors of the earth abiding in heavenly places, called to attune our ear to what heaven is releasing and administrate what heaven is releasing through our lives to see it established on the earth. Does that make sense? So we are literally like a bridge, like a gate. We are literally standing in the gap between heaven and earth, hearing from one dimension and then being called to establish it and build it onto another dimension. How many of you understand that? that do, you, do you see what I'm saying? This is really, really important. Now, what is the key factor in that, though? What is the key factor? Faith is one, but where do you need to be exactly? Who said ascension? You have to ascend. How can you govern from a place if you're not there? How can you govern from, from a place if you're not seated and abiding in that place? It's impossible. So what God is doing with us again continually in this time is he's giving us a revelation of who we are as sons. Yes, the authority that we have, but the authority that we have is seemingly insignificant if we don't understand where we are seated. Because it has to be an administration from that place into this place. And that's what God is speaking, I mean, God's been talking to Todd and talking to lots of people about this, but, but we are being called to govern the earth and govern it well in this season. How many of you know that that's actually what it is? So, so who can ascend the holy hill of the Lord? We've been given a jurisdiction there. Psalm 24, we come up into that place. We start to govern. We start to move in a place and administrate from a place of government in that particular way and in that particular dimension and dynamic. And this is really, really important. So we understand then that we actually hold something, hold keys for people. Is everyone okay? Hold keys for people on the earth that only exist in heavenly places. And those keys are then given to us and we then redistribute those keys for people on earth. How many? So do you understand? So, so if we don't understand that and if we don't catch that, then how can we move something from here into here? It's like, it's like being, having access to a warehouse. So I've never had access to a warehouse. I've never been in a warehouse in my life. It's not kind of anything a bit. But imagine, for example, that Christina had access to a warehouse. Now, and we were all coming to Christina and we were saying, Christina, we need access to something that's in the warehouse. And Christina's saying, oh, yeah, I'm so excited about this. Great. Let's, let's find out. Now, she has the keys to the warehouse. Now, she needs to open the warehouse to receive the things or get the things from the warehouse in order to then release them to us, doesn't she? If we have access to the things in the warehouse. Now, 
So say you wanted to have, there's a warehouse full of amazing, beautiful stuff. Lamborghinis. She has a warehouse that's full of Lamborghinis, which represent the power ministries that are going to be released to the body of Christ. So, so we have to understand that she has access to open the door of the warehouse in order that we can receive the very thing that we need. Does that make sense? Now, how many people understand that imagine heaven, or let's say this, imagine heaven is a warehouse, and imagine that in Christ you have the keys to that warehouse, and people of the earth need to access stuff that's in the warehouse. And they go, hey, 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 Ebony, I really need a Lamborghini. I really need a, a Ferrari. I really need what is in that warehouse. Now, how many of you know what is the most important thing in that dynamic? What? The key is important, but what is the most important dynamic there? The Ebony knows that she has the key to the warehouse. Because I'm going to her and I'm saying, hey, I want a Lamborghini. And she's going, okay, well, okay, that's really nice for you. But we all have, we all have access. But what's the most important, but the most important thing in that is that we understand that we have access to these dimensions in heaven and we are called to release what is in those dimensions to the people that need it. Does that make sense? You see, the disciples were coming and they were saying, what do we do? How do we feed these people? There's a guy that's only got this and Jesus is like, okay, sure, okay. Well, why don't you feed them and then we'll whatever, you know. And there is a miracle that happens because Jesus understands his access and his inheritance as a son of God or as the son of God. So he then releases what he needs to release. Everyone eats, everyone's happy, and then they're able to do what they need to do. Great, 12 baskets left over. So what we then understand is that there is a dimension that Jesus accesses to feed the people who are hungry. Does that make sense? Yeah, is everyone, everyone with me? Okay. So in that then, Ebony has access to the Lamborghini Lounge. So does, so does, so does Christina. And, but they need to know that they have access to this place in order to release what they need to release. Now, in Acts chapter 3, put up Acts chapter 3 from verse 1, and we can read, let's read this together. Now, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the ninth hour, the hour of prayer, and a man who had been lame from his mother's womb was being carried along, and they used to set down, sorry, who they used to set down at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, in order to beg alms of those who were entering the temple. When he saw that Peter and John were about to go into the temple, he began asking to receive alms. But Peter, along with John, fixed his gaze on him and said, Look at us. And he began to give them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I do not possess silver and gold, but what I do have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene walk. And seizing him by the right hand, he raised him up, and immediately his feet were, and ankles were strengthened. With a leap, he stood upright and began to walk, and he entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. Okay, cool. Let's go back. Just go back to verse 7. Okay. Uh, uh, go back. Sorry, 6. 3, 6. And he says this, it says, but Peter said, I do not possess, sorry, silver and gold, but what I do have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene walk. 
It's really interesting. Where are they? At the gate. And what are they, make, what are they withdrawing? So what's actually happening is that they're at the gate. There is a cripple at the gate. The cripple is saying, I need something from you. I need arms from you. And, and they, say, they literally say, silver and gold we don't have. But what we do have, everyone say what we do have. What Ebony has, what Christina has, what whoever has, what we do have we give to you in the name of Jesus. You see, that they understood that they were carrying something that was not worldly, but was of a different dimension. And they understood in that dynamic that they were called to administrate something from one dimension into another dimension to see people transformed in this dimension. Now, we've spoken about this before, but I want, to, I want you to catch something on the, on the basis of what we're talking about. Government is really important. You see, there is something about governing from heavenly places where we need to understand that we are seated in heavenly places, that we have access to heavenly things. Because I believe that there are a lot of people that sit, that say, I'm not having a go at anyone or thinking of any one person, who say that they are seated in heavenly places, but don't ever administrate things from heavenly places. Don't say that you're seated. Yeah, we're seated, in, we're seated in heavenly places without actually demonstrating that you're bringing something from a superior dimension and releasing it into our lives. Because that feels and looks like something. It feels like it has a heavenly substance. How many of you know, understand where I'm going? So when he said silver and gold we do not have, but what we do have, we give to you. How much bigger and how much better and how much superior is what he received than receiving how, the equivalent of what, two or three dollars or whatever it is that they gave the people that were begging alms in? How much more superior was the dimension and the realm that they were administrating from? You see, but they were holding heavenly government and they were governing from that space and they were actually saying, we are now going to release to you what you need from this place where we are holding a, we're holding a place of government, where we are going to administrate from this realm, this dimension, into this realm, this dimension, and you are going to become a recipient of a higher level, a higher level, higher realm, and a higher dimension. And what is the answer to that? What happens at the end? Let's go to the next verse. Immediately. No, go to immediate. Sorry, go to verse... Uh, yeah, okay, cool. But Peter said, I do not, uh, verse 7, and seizing him by the right hand, he seized, raised him up, and immediately his feet and ankles were strengthened. That had never happened before. He had never had his feet and his ankles strengthened before. What was he doing? Engage, was he engaging with Peter? And, yeah, absolutely. He was engaging with heaven. He was engaging with his superior dimension. Why? He's experiencing something that has never happened to him before, but it's a life solution for his life. So he's like, it's it says, immediately his feet and ankles were strengthened. Keep going. With a leap, he stood upright and began to walk. Had he walked before? Had he walked before? Began to walk. And he entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And then what does it say in verse 9? 
And all the people saw him walking and praising God, last bit of the verse, and they were taking note of him as being the one who used to sit. Let's just focus. What's the most, what's the most powerful word there in that, whole, in that whole verse? Used. Why? Because the heavenly dimension impacted earth's dimension. That is the most powerful word in that whole passage is the word used. Because he used to sit at the beautiful gate of the temple to beg arms until he engaged the heavenly dimension, the gate of heaven that was coming through Peter and John as they raised him up and healed or basically became the ultimate solution for all of his problems. To be, who used to sit at the beautiful gate of the, of the temple to beg alms, and they were filled with wonder. This is really, really an amazement at, at what had happened to him. And so this is, this is a really cool um, thing, because when we start to engage in understanding, the full, in my opinion, in the fullness of government, we understand that the fullness of government doesn't come without a demonstration of the kingdom realm and a demonstration of the kingdom dimension. So let's put up 2 Corinthians, uh, sorry, I didn't give you this, 2 Corinthians 12, 12. Hold on a second. 12, 12. What can this mean? <laughs> so 2 Corinthians 12, 12. The signs of a, let's read it together, the signs of a true apostle were performed among you with all perseverance by signs, wonders, and miracles. You see, you don't, there is no signage of, what's the apostolic? An apostle is somebody that is really called to engage and bring the manifestation of the heavenly dimension onto earth. That is a real clear definition of what an apostle is. That is, that is what it is. You're literally, you're literally bringing heaven to earth. Put it back up. Sorry. So we've got the signs of a true apostle. Hold on. Why would it say we were true there? Could there be false apostles? Okay. True apostle were performed among you with all perseverance by signs, wonders, and miracles. We don't need to be, apostol- we don't need to be apostles to manifest this, but we need to be connected to an apostolic reality. We need to be connected to an apostolic reality where we understand that there is a true apostolic soil that we are being launched from, that we are being able to partake of, and the manifestation of that is what? Signs, wonders, and miracles. Breakthrough and manifestation, bringing one realm to another realm to bring permanent transformation to that realm. This is really, really important because a lot of the time people say, yeah, I'm a Christian and I'm going to bring Christian whatever into, I'm not thinking of anyone now, into political realms or to, into this place or into that place. But are you bringing the manifestation, manifestation story of true and permanent transformation? Because the whole key word there in Acts chapter 3 is used to. See, he used to sit by the gate, but he does, not know, he does no longer. What is the thing... And this is so cool. What is the thing that God is speaking here to release here to bring permanent transformation, bringing heaven's answer to this particular thing, bringing heaven's solution to this particular thing, whether it's a word that that breaks off depression, whether it's the wisdom of heaven that brings 
an ability for the king's hearts to be steered into the ways of the Lord. This is so, so important. So let's put up um, 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 Job. I've got so much scripture. Job chapter 30. Let's go from, oh, 29, from verse, what verse did I give you first? 10? It's 7. Okay, I'll go from 7. Okay, now this is Job. Job is not in a good season in this. So I'm just telling you, he's had a bad week. This is post losing of children and stuff. Okay, so it says, when I went out, we can read this together. When I went out to the gate of the city, when I took my seat in the square, the young men saw me and hid themselves, and the old men arose and stood. The princes stopped talking and put their hands to their mouths. The voice of the nobles was hushed, and their tongue stuck to their palate. Me blessed. And when I saw, it gave witness of me. Because I was a, delivered the poor who cried for help and the orphan who had no helper. Now, just pause it there. Where was Job? Where was he? At the gate. You see, in the olden days, olden days, the ancient times, where did people go for help? To the gate. Because that's where they got justice. That's where they got solution. That's where they got what they needed to get. It's a really big deal. That's literally what happened. When they had a, a conflict between two people, they would go to the gate, and who would judge? The elders. The elders at the gate would judge between the particular thing and say, actually, this is the way forward, or this is what needs to happen. When the people needed food, where did they go? To the gate, because they received a distribution of food from the gate. So, so important. Okay, so let's keep going. Because I delivered the... Oh, no, okay. The blessing... Well, the, because I... Which one do you want to do? You make me look bad here. No, I'm joking. I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. Because I delivered the poor who cried for help and the orphan who had no helper. The blessing of the one ready to perish came upon me and I made the widow's heart sing for joy. This is a big deal. Okay, I put on righteousness and it clothed me. My justice was like a robe and a turban. So you guys get to wear a turban. Okay, I was eyes to the blind and feet to the lame. I was a father to the needy and I investigated the case which I did not know. I broke the jaws of the wicked and snatched the prey from his teeth. Then I thought, I shall die in my nest, and I shall multiply my days in the sand. Keep going. My root is spread out to the waters, and dew lines all night on my branch. My glory is ever new with me, and my bow is renewed in my hand. Keep going. To me they listened and waited and kept silent for my counsel. After my words, they did not speak again, and my speech dropped on them. This is so correct. They waited for me as for the rain and opened their mouth as for the spring rain. Where was he? At the gate. I smiled on them when they did not believe, and the light of my face they did not cast down. 
I chose a way for them, and I sat as chief and dwelt as king amongst, amongst the troops and one who comforted the mourners. This is so, that's the end of the verse. This is so cool. So Job's looking, and he's saying, when I was at the gate, this is the manifestation. The first part of that scripture is, oh, when the friendship of God was over my tent. Let me tell you this. In this season, in this hour, as part of the new covenant, the friendship of God is over your tent. And this is a prophetic parody, a prophetic paradigm, should I say, for people wanting to receive things from the gate. You see, this is who we are able to become in Jesus' name with the empowerment of heaven at the gate. And God is saying, will you occupy that space in order that you can become what you need to become for the needy, what you need to become for the orphans, what you need to become for the widows, what you need to become for those who need counsel? This isn't about elders in a church. This is about the elders of the church. This is about the people that are holding government in the church. How many people want to hold government? You want to, but let me tell you this right now, not everyone is holding government. You start to hold government when you start to occupy, which I just said it, I started the message with this whole thing, when you start to occupy that space and understand who you are and what keys you hold. If you don't understand what keys you hold, you do not. Or let's say this, you might, hold, you might have a label of the government, but you don't administrate the government of heaven. Because the administration, I love Job 29, because it literally talks about orphans, widows, people in need, blind people, lame people. He became, he became all things to all men because he held the keys to the gate of heaven. And this is what God is saying in this time is as we come up, is everyone okay? No one's, okay. No one's depressed. Okay, good. <laughs> so what God is saying in this time is he's saying, will you partner with me at the gate will you become the gate what did we read in psalm 24 lift up your head O you well where are your gates to the heavenly realms that where the king of glory may come in where is the king of glory here everywhere yeah i know it's not a trick question in heaven that he may come in and administrate let's put up uh, this is my favorite one um psalm 22 uh, Proverbs 22, 22, in the, have we got the Amplified? So cool. Such an awesome, cool thing. I did give it to you earlier. So we understand 24, fullness of government. 24, 24, and 24. I won't go, even go into the Revelation Scripture today. But it says this, Rob not the poor being tempted by their helplessness, neither oppressed the afflict, afflicted at the gate where the city court is held. This is so, so cool. You see, this is, uh, I won't go into, oh, you can put on the next scripture if you want, but uh, number 23. But what's so cool about that is this, is that the gate, uh, it says, for the Lord will plead their cause and deprive of life those who deprive the poor or afflicted. Okay, we won't talk about that right now. But, but, but what's interesting about that is this, that there is, there is a dimension that God is talking about at the gate specifically that is, is really about people finding justice and solution. You see, it's not about justice and solution coming from God separate to his people. 
It's about him raising us up in a place where we are taking our thrones as judges, taking our thrones as administrators from heaven into earth. And when we call something, when we speak something, when we administrate something from our mouths, that's why we talk about what we speak, when we administrate something from our mouths, understanding that the administration from your mouth is actually going to bring a heavenly verdict, an administration, and the release of supernatural solution through your life as a gate or a, as a conduit, as a, a, someone who is standing in the gap between heaven and earth and administrating that and releasing that in and through your life to bring solution, verdict, through your world into somebody's world that is coming to you. How many of you, know, how many of you understand what I'm saying? Let's put up Matthew 5, verse 6. I think it's 5-6. And it says this. It says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied or filled. So when, when he's saying this, when people hunger, he's literally speaking to people that understand that those who hunger go to the gate. He is actually proclaiming that he is the gate. That's literally what he's doing. He's saying, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled by me, because I am the gate. I am the door. I am the way. Do you know who you are? The gate, the door, the way. You become that for people that come into your world, and you are called to be able to administrate the justice and righteousness of heaven in the world. But it only comes when you understand that you are enthroned, that you are seated in that heavenly jurisdiction and you have access to the warehouse. You have access to the place that has all provision, all solution, all answers, everything that somebody needs. We have to become the free flow or the conduit or whatever it is to flow through our worlds into their worlds. Let me tell you this right now, honestly, a lot of people, a lot of Christians just don't get this. Happens all the time. Happens all the time. But it doesn't stop the fact that they have full access. It doesn't ha- stop the fact that they have full jurisdiction. It doesn't stop the fact that regardless of what they choose to do when they go out in the morning, that they're not carrying f- the fullness of the, or let's say this, that they're not, they don't have the potential to carry the fullness of what it is to govern from the heavenly realms onto the earth. So don't ever say, yeah, with the ecclesia, we're governing from heaven. That's fine. You can say that if you want in a place of faith. But the, I, should, I just said don't ever say it, didn't I? Don't ever, you can say it if you want. But the bottom line is that there is no manifestation of that until there is fruit. And the fruit of the government of heaven, 12-12, is signs, wonders, and miracles. It's not until people say, oh, my goodness, you wouldn't believe what happened. I can't believe this happened. You said this, you did this, you did, and this is what's manifested because it's an accreditation to the superior kingdom, the superior dimension of heaven being released in and through your life into the people's worlds around you. This is really, really important. How many of you know that's true? I want to, hold on, just one sec. I had a, she said no, and she's my editing machine. Okay, good. So there are times right now where God wants to bring us into something 
where he says, what you have believed about what you can be and who you are is, starting, is going to start to manifest. How many of you understand that? So what you've believed, what we've believed is going to start to manifest. Whatever it is that is in your heart that hasn't yet been made manifest, Psalm 37 verse 4, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Those desires are connected specifically to you becoming a conduit from heaven, of heaven in and through your life to change and manifest things on earth. This is really important. Just remember when you're called, and Rachel had an amazing vision earlier about the scrolls coming down from the throne. Remember when you're called, you're not called, or we're not called, I'm not trying to preach at you, but we're not called... Um, as ourselves, we're actually called from a predestined reality. So when we're called from this predestined reality, all we're doing is lining up with this predestined reality of what God said we could do or should do and who we are in him. How many of you understand that? So what happens is then we get these prophetic words according to this predestined reality and we catch on to those, and those words then become us. We become those words, and those, those words are released. That solution is then released through our world. This is really important. <laughs> I really want to say. Okay, all right, okay, all right, okay, cool. All right, so, so, so what I want to say in that is this, that there is, a, there is a, I chose for many years, and I won't say it, I, I've chose for many years to abide in a particular place where I would have crazy impact in this place. And I said, I am there, and I literally would say, I am giving the wisdom and the counsel of heaven in and through my world to change the world according to what I feel like I'm supposed to do and constantly learning to occupy spaces. And it's, it's a journey and I'm not there yet. And I'm sure many of you guys are on that journey too. But let me tell you this, I got some fruit today of something that I'd already, I'd already prophesied. And it was fruit according to something that I'd already said. And it just made me realize that actually, I wasn't making it up, number one, which is good, that actually when I chose or when we choose to occupy spaces of administration, of justice and righteousness according to the throne of God, because his throne, the foundation of his throne is what? Justice and righteousness. What's the foundation of your throne? Is it going to be different? No, it's not. So your throne is an administration of what is the administration of his throne. And I realized that actually, as I started to abide in that place, regardless of how ridiculous it looked, it started to feed out and change and transform the earth. And so this is, this is not a joke. This is not like, you know, I want to have fun, but it's not a joke. It's a real deal. And when we choose and understand to, that we are called to occupy those spaces, just like when Job was occupying the gates and he literally was talking about all of the people that were coming to receive from him, all of the dynamics that were unfulfilled, that were fulfilled by heaven through his world. There was an amazing favor on Job. All of these places, when he sat at the gates, the elders, the nobles, they all waited for his counsel as like waiting for the rain in a desert place. The refreshing that came when he spoke. The establishing that came when he spoke. This is so, so cool. Whatever that looked like with a man that was sitting at the gate called Beautiful, the solution that was brought to him when he looked up and they said, silver and gold we didn't have, but what we do have we give to you. You see, this is the whole dimension. It's like, but it's not looking at that first. It's first of all understanding where we are, which keys, what keys we have, what access we have, how we are called then to abide in that place, and then how we're being called 
to, to pull that through our world to then release that on the earth. It's a really big deal. We can't do this without that revelation. I couldn't do what I do without the revelation. and You couldn't do what you do and what you'll be called to do without the revelation that you are a mature son, a son, a royal priesthood in God called specifically to abide in a heavenly place and release it on earth. And this is so, so cool. I, I, I just, I'm so excited about this. The fullness of the government of heaven. Now, there's so much more to that. There's so much more to this with regards to the redeeming of creation, the mature we are sons, what it looks like to govern the earth. I think governing the earth is going to take a whole other power. I wasn't going to talk about that today, but a whole other dimension in this next season. I've been talking to my cats a lot, and they've been abiding and, and being really, obe- sorry, abiding, really obedient to what I've been saying. I even said to my cat, up there, and he was like, Whoosh. I was like, flip, this thing works. Uh, um, but I just feel like God's going to blow our minds in this next season where we start to administrate stuff or we start to even embrace things that seem kind of out there. But actually, they're, 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 this is a reality that actually something that we're called into, both at an individual level, you know, ministering to people one-on-one, but actually at a corporate level, maybe in the church or maybe, maybe with regards to having bigger metrons and God wants to increase our metrons he wants to say okay you steward this now I'll increase your metron in this sphere because it's show me a man or woman skilled in their ways and I will show you somebody that stands before kings and not obscure men why do you stand before kings and not obscure men because you are skilled in your way because you hold something absolutely profound and I'm not going to go into any details but I had a phone call this week and someone said to me last year you prophesied this thing and I have no idea how this manifests but everything you said is actually manifest. I'm listening on the phone and I'm trying to hold my peace because I'm so excited, but I'm trying to hold the fact that I'm, I know that what I say is going to come to pass. And I'm in the car and I'm like, yeah, everything's great, you know. But I got off the phone and I was like, praise God. Because sometimes God releases something through your life that, can be, that is seemingly ridiculous to the person you're talking to. But actually, it's the word of the Lord. And when the word of the Lord comes, God has every intentionality to to fulfill everything that he speaks through your world. This is very important. And so just remember that we are transformers of the earth. How many of you know you're transformers? It's interesting. There's a new Transformers movie come out now on Thursday. It's called Transformers. And what's it called? Anyone know? I think it's called The Way of the Beast or The Way of the Whatever. But the Transformers are actually animals. And the animals are engaging with the people. And I just feel, again, that there is something prophetic, a, a prophetic alignment, as it were, as God, with, with us, with God, that there's going to be a transformation in the animal kingdoms. And I know that you guys have, have already, this is something that Christina and Todd are navigating a lot at the moment. But there is going to be a transformation. What we are able to do on earth is truly going to blow our mind as we choose to understand or occupy those places of government in heavenly realms to, again, release the heavens, the truth of what God is releasing through the heavens, and we mirror that. We become literally a mirroring effect, and that comes through our lives and then manifests on earth. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Amen. So good. Let's put the pads on. Is everyone okay? How many people are tired? I just spoke a lot. It was good. So good. Okay. Sunday afternoon. 
imagine if God was going to impart something now off the back of what was just spoken that would blow your grid. spoke this morning when he just said you know you bring people up and you know it's just business as usual people receive a prayer and then they go back and do whatever that is that they do and I think one of the things that we've got to get really good at is understanding imagine if this was the last church service you could ever be in ever imagine if I'm not saying this would ever happen but imagine if the government shut down everything and this was the last I'm not saying that you know, you know what I'm saying. Imagine if this was the last church service you could ever be in. How much more would you draw from this message if this was the last time you could ever hear a preacher preach? How much more? How much would you... Do you understand what I'm saying? It's that level of hunger and going, oh my goodness. What was the last thing that he said? What was, the, what was that scripture again? How much more would you dive into the scripture? There's a place of hunger that we've lost as the Western church. Todd said that Western Christianity had a use-by date and it was 2019. And I love that. It's one of the best. I've, I've quoted it so many times. But, but what's so interesting is we have become so much, and I'm not having a go at anyone here, but we've become so much consumers. And I'm a consumer. I am. I've become a consumer too. But imagine if we weren't consumers and we saw this as a time of empowerment and activation and said, oh my goodness, God, what are you actually saying to me in this today? Are you saying that I can engage in a space like Job, where people literally come to me for my counsel, where people literally come to me who are needy, where people li literally come to me who have never walked in their life, and you're entrusting me with their world to release something from here. I'm not, don't be scared. I'm just saying that I could actually release something into the world. Don't be surprised if your realm starts to attract people in need. Why? Because your realm is a heavenly realm of solution. Why on earth would it not attract people in need? It says that they brought people to Jesus from all over the region that needed to be healed. Why? Because his realm carried solution for the sick. Our heavenly realms carry solution for the people in and around our world. So never be surprised when people who are less fortunate than you come into your realm and start asking you questions. Start wanting to make withdrawals from your realm. Why? Because you are a conduit. You are sitting as a gate of a superior realm, a superior dimension to earth. And they're saying, I feel like the only way I could ever get healed, not that they're ever saying this, but their spirit, they know that the only way they could ever get healed was by accessing the superior dimension that you carry. How crazy is that? Okay. So Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you for who you are and what you do. We thank you, God, for communion. The reason that we do communion is because Jesus told us to. And so we choose to, uh, to partake of the body and the blood today, this afternoon. And say thank you for what you did on the cross. Because all of this wouldn't be happening. Communion is literally a prophetic act of what he did at the cross. It's much more than that. But it's actually saying we believe that you came, you died and you rose again. And we choose to partake in communion 
because you came, you died, and you rose again. And we have become partakers of the divine nature in you because of what happened at the cross. And so choose any time, just take your communion. We honor you, God, and we love you in Jesus' name.